Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! This is the Can't Wait Cup podcast, the Athletics Jets podcast. I'm Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn, and we are back on a winning track with this Jets team, obviously coming off the big win over the Bears with Mike White. We are going to talk much more about Mike White. We're going to talk about the quarterback on the other side of the field, too, Kirk Cousins, who was almost a Jet. Although not really almost a jet, but it felt in the moment that he was almost a jet. We'll get into that. Um, and of course, the great matchup, Justin Jefferson against this jet secondary, all of that. We're going to start, though, with the uh, injury report. We're actually going to not talk about any nonsense to start this podcast. What? How about that? Wow. We are going to yeah, get right about golf. into it. Do you guys want to hear about golf? <laughs> oh, actually. I don't have anything to say about it, but do you want to hear You know what? Golf? You know, real quick, though, Marissa, maybe we should get Zach golf clubs for Mm, that would be then, good i think the oh, listeners would like that well and then well i think connor would like that the most because then he would think i would have a reason to golf with him so don't do that to me please yeah, yeah that's true, true. Yeah, we, we don't need you do spending any okay. more time with him than you already yeah. have to yeah. <laughs> all right no golf clubs oh well all right we'll get you like a ten dollar gift card instead <laughs> uh, all right on to the injury news um there is good and bad news i guess let's start with the bad news mike michael carter doubtful um for sunday of course i think from a fan standpoint they're like that's right that's more bam right but michael carter would be nice to have in the lineup even even with what bam did last week um the value of mike carter will be mixed missed no glasses yeah i have contacts on today crazy right <laughs> um uh yeah yeah I, I think you'd rather have both of them than only bam Knight. obviously i, I mean for as good as bam looked last week it was the bears the Vikings defense isn't great, but they do have some talented guys there. And Michael Carter is good at picking up blitzes and stuff like that. So it's it definitely is somebody they'll miss because it seems pretty clear he's not going to play. The doubtful is just like small percentage chance that he does. He hasn't practiced all week. They haven't practiced yet today. Um, I can't imagine he'll practice. So he'll be out. Bam Knight, uh, Ty Johnson will get most of the workload. You'll see James Robinson probably work in. They just uh, signed Jonathan Ward to the practice squad the other day. He's a guy who was with the Cardinals. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if they elevated him, but I don't know if you need four running backs. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how many touches Bam Knight gets, and if he keeps if he keeps becoming, you know, the fans have uh, they have a pretty good hit rate this year on the guys that they're obsessed with. You know, they they're uh, they were obsessed with Mike White. Obviously, that's panned out. Bam Knight, Bryce Huff, Sauce Gardner, like Michael Clemens, and even a big even place. Denzel, yeah. Denzel Mims. Yeah, that's a big one actually. So all the fan favorites, like you, a lot of times fans will like get attached to a guy in the preseason and just doesn't amount to anything. Um, but they've been they've been on the money this year. So as well as in the picks for us, they've been beating us all year. So the fans know what they're talking about, guys. I'm not sucking up. Oh, to yeah. I swear. Yeah, we'll get to that um, as well at the end of the show. Another uh, listener joining us to uh, to do picks. So look forward to that at the end. Um, we saw the little thing came up on screen, Zach, uh, that no glasses today. It, it always fascinates me. Uh, if you don't wear a hat, you get a comment. If you don't wear glasses, you get a comment. People pay but attention. Today it's hat. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. Good loyal listeners. So shout out to I don't, there's, for that. For what it's worth, there's no method to my madness. And there, I just wake up some days and I'm like, I don't feel like putting on contacts. Or some days where I just got a haircut. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need, I don't need my hat today. <laughs> just to peel behind All the right. curtain there for you. <laughs> inside inside Zach's life. Uh, all right, a few more injury things to talk about. George Fant possibly could be activated um, and could play. What does that mean for this offensive line if Fant's able to play? 
Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm, I'm mostly curious to see how they're going to handle who plays right tackle. Salah said something interesting uh, the other day. I think it was Salah or Lafleur that uh, I know actually John Benton yesterday said the offensive line coach that since because Dwayne Brown, excuse me, I'm a little congested. <laughs> Dwayne Brown, uh, since he like takes days off every week to heal a shoulder, that allowed George Fant to get a lot of reps, which implies that he was getting reps at left tackle. I don't know what that means for Sunday necessarily. Um, Max Mitchell played pretty well against the Bears. He's their long-term guy there. So it's going to be a very interesting battle to see what they do there. But yeah, even if Fan is active, I can't imagine he would start. But, I mean, they've done some surprising stuff this year. So I don't know. But it's a positive, you know. They went from losing all these guys on the offensive line to all of a sudden having really good depth. And that's a good spot to be in considering all the injuries they've had. Yeah, and we didn't necessarily think they had all this depth, but guys have have stepped up. It's been a next man up situation. They've really come through. Um, The one other injury update, Sheldon Rankins also likely to come back, or definitely, I guess, at this point, right? He'll at least be active and ready to go. Yeah, I think he he wound up coming back quicker than originally expected based on the uh, injury he had. Um, My nose is messing with me right now. Um, (laughs) Great timing. Yeah. yeah, he, it, that's a huge return. You know, we've we've talked about their tackling issues, and, you know, I think the Bears ran the ball on them pretty well. And I think Sheldon Rankins, he's a pretty big upgrade from Nathan Shepard and Solomon Thomas, who are better as, like, rotational backup guys. He's a leader. He's been, like, even better than I think. I think there were some fans who thought they should have cut him before the year for the cap savings, and I think he was really, really good for them before. And he just adds to that defensive line rotation, and then it becomes interesting on who they keep inactive on game day because, I don't know, Keep it like 11 defensive linemen active is pretty is pretty unusual. <laughs> <laughs> For those not watching on YouTube, I muted Zach it. just muted and just you could tell it was quite a sneeze. Um, but we will we will battle through here. Um, yeah, it is the depth on the defensive line is it's at the point now where it's, it's just crazy and, and you think to the future and you know how it's going to yeah. plan out. Obviously, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good problem to have. Um, all right, so that's the the latest on the injury front. Now on to the uh, the main course, and that is uh, Mike White, who you've started calling on Twitter, Mike F. White, just to save yeah. letters, I think, right? Save characters rather than and to avoid cursing, e- yeah, yeah, E F F I N or, or F apostrophe N. You can go a lot of different ways with F N, but uh, Mike F. White. So now we're we were here last year. We saw Mike White play a great football game. And then followed it up with a shorter stint because he got injured. And then, of course, there was the Bills four interception game. So now we have to see if Mike White can follow up the great game with another one. Um, he got to talk this week, obviously, and and that was similar. Um, the difference between him talking, I think, this year and last year after the win. Last year, it was it was everyone wanted to know everything about Mike White. I feel like everyone knows everything about Mike White at this point. So the questions were more about like, you know, what about last year and and what happened after that loss? And he talked a lot about being grounded and his family and separating, you know, football from from home life and all those things that have helped him. But I thought he was really insightful about what did go wrong because him and LaFleur both kind of know exactly what went wrong. It wasn't wasn't a fluke, right? That that Bills game, there was specific things that Mike White did that caused him to have that atrocious game. Yeah, that, that's one of the, been one of the more fascinating takeaways to me this week. It like they've been able to pin they were they've both him on the floor pinpointed like specifically it was like his his feet were like 
ahead of his his brain were ahead of his feet or I forget the order that they said essentially like his footwork like his feet were in front of him too much so his footwork was off in that Bills game and uh he talked about how he processes things so fast sometimes that you know his brain is like ready to do whatever his feet like quite are it's it was pretty interesting to me and I think and this isn't a shot at Zach or anything but I just think it just He's just like a, he's a unique guy as a quarterback. He just like seems to process things in a different way. Not even just football. Like you, the questions you ask him, he processes differently. Um, you know, he starts, he talks a lot about his kids and how, you know, obviously there's always been a lot of noise around him since that first game. And he's able to really compartmentalize it because when he goes home, all he hears are his screaming twins who are like a little <laughs> over a year old. Um, so it's just been fascinating. Like this guy, he talks like this veteran guy when in reality he's only 27. He's only started four games. He's been cut like five or six times in his career. He was drafted by the Cowboys. He almost went to the XFL when, right when the Jets wanted to sign him. Like, just a fascinating journey. For him to have, like, the perspective he does blows my mind. But, yeah, I think – if I know there's a lot of, like – there's a lot of questions of, okay, they played the Bears. Like, are, how do we know this isn't going to be like last year where Mike White re- reverts back to the Bills game? I think I'm pretty confident he won't, both because I think the Vikings defense is not as good as that Bills defense was. And, number two, I, I know you can – fall into the trap of like listening too much to what people say. And, you know, you fall, you like, I don't know, they, they trick you into thinking that what they're saying is hundred percent accurate or whatever. But I think the fact that he has, he spent a whole year thinking about that bills game. He's watched that film probably a million times. He says he, he thinks more about that game than the Bengals game or the bears game. Um, and so I, I don't, I just don't see him having a terrible game like that again. Maybe you're not going to see him throw three touchdowns, zero interceptions, get his Jersey sent to the hall of fame after Sunday. But I, uh, I, I'm confident that he's at the very least going to be able to just not make backbreaking mistakes. And I don't know. He, he just, he has the ability to process this offense in a way that I don't know any other quarterback since, uh, these, this coaching staff has been hired, has been able to do, um, you know, he's not someone who's really going to take shots down the field as much. That's not like his wheelhouse. And the thing that he's good at is like staying within his wheelhouse. That's something Robert Sala keeps talking about. He knows what he's good at. And he focuses on that and he knows what he's bad at and he doesn't really like focus on that as much. So he, he knows what he's good at and he does that thing, which is getting rid of the ball quick, um, you know, reading the field, uh, going through his progressions. And uh, that, that's why I, I think you can be – maybe he's not going to be Mike, Mike Effin White forever. He's not going to be like a star, but I think he can be a solid quarterback for a team that just needs solid quarterback play. As long as he's in New York, no matter how he plays, Zach. He's yeah, very true. Mike yeah. White. That's, that's not going to change. Um <laughs> <laughs> the legend is not going to go away. Um, you make a good point, though, about him doing, you know, not necessarily throwing the ball deep downfield and doing what he knows he can do. The thing about this team is, and this is different than last year, too, is like there's more there's more weapons. Um, yeah, you can. And he showed it Very last cool. week. You can have big plays without throwing the ball 50 yards because Garrett Wilson can catch a 15 yard pass and break it. And Elijah Moore can catch, uh, you know, a 10 yard pass and break it. So it doesn't have to be. And that's what this offense is kind of based on anyway. Right. When you think about the Niners version of it, Jimmy G's not chucking the ball 50 yards down the field either. Yeah. And interesting part of last week's game is that the, the passing game set up the run. Whereas when they were winning before, it was the opposite, where they had the running game going well, and then Zach Wilson was able to complete some of those passes that he did. Uh, so if if they can do that again, then they can get the passing game going against a really bad pass defense, and then you know it's going to be harder to get the run game going without Michael Carter. But you know if you really believe in Bam Knight and you believe in Ty Johnson and, and uh, James Robinson's ability to grind out tough yards, like if the, they need the running game to play better than it did against like the Patriots, it, it doesn't need to be as good as it has been in some games, but. I, 
they need to like get the yards when they're there and, and that'll help set up this passing which like you said you know you have Garrett Wilson playing at a really like elite level right now I think Elijah Moore showed what he can do and then they're pretty deep at receiver all of a sudden again like when they started the year you have Corey Davis you have Denzel Mims they're not going to deactivate anymore on game day um the tight ends have been playing pretty well. I, I think that they've really figured out those two guys. I mean, maybe you're overpaying CJ Uzama to be a blocking tight end, but um, he's really good in that role. And Tyler Conklin makes big time catches and he might be a little extra motivated this week against his old team. So yeah, this is definitely a better group. The offensive line is kind of coming into its own now. And maybe like if they can stay healthy now, this is like a really good group. You, you should kind of stump, not stumbled, but Nate Herbig has become like a pretty good player at right guard. Connor McGovern's been doing his job all year. I think Lincoln Tomlinson's kind of evened out after starting off the year really, really slow. Dwayne Brown is up and down because of his shoulder, but I think you trust him. And then whatever happens at right tackle, you like both those guys. So all of a sudden, this offense looks like it has the pieces to it. At the very least, like like we've talked about when Zach was struggling and all that, they the offense just needs to do just good enough. Like they're undefeated when they score at least 18 points. So if that that's not even that high of a barrier for entry in theory. So if you can get past that every week, which I think this offense can, like the it's funny the way the Vikings are talking about you forget that they're like nine and two because yeah. like the way they've got about the wins, but like, like the deep, I saw DVOA, like they're 22nd in DVOA, I think overall for a nine and two team. And I think their defense is even lower than that. Um, so it's one of those teams like, is, are they a real nine and two or are they a team that's like good at grinding out close games? And are the jets going to be able to beat a team like that? And I think you see it in the line. They're only, they were three point underdogs as of last time I looked yesterday. I don't know what it is now. Three, but I think that says and on the, the road. Three on the, the fact road. that yeah, the fact that they're nine and two in Minnesota with a guy who was the third string quarterback like four weeks ago. I think that says a lot about both what they think about the Vikings and they think of the Jets' chances of winning this game. Yeah, I guess, and what what the uh, the books think about Mike White too. One more thing on yeah. Mike White before we move on. Um, just comparing last year to this year in one other yeah. kind of angle, and that is one of the things he said about that Bills game was. He tried to play hero ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried. They got down, and he tried to get them back. And he just kept trying to do everything he could to get them back in that game. And it led to all these interceptions. The thing that this team has that that team didn't have too is the defense, right? And he knows that. So like, they're not gonna. Chances are, I, I would imagine they're not gonna find themselves down fourteen points in this game, probably, right? Like, because the defense is good enough that if they're down, they're gonna be down seven. They're gonna be down three. Maybe they're down ten. But it's not going to be a situation where he feels like I we need to score on every drive because we need to get back in this game because you have the other side of the ball that's going to keep you close. Yeah, every time we talk to Mike White, he brings up the hero ball thing, and I, it's not a shot at Zach Wilson. It's like like we talked about the other day. It's hard not to hear anything these guys say right now is not as shot at Zach Wilson. It's just, that's totally, like so, it is. It's, so it's like everything is Zach Wilson's yeah. slight. But but he he, he talked he talked a lot about how he he just can't do the hero ball thing. Try to make a, try to win the game on every play, and it, it, you know it's it's common among young quarterbacks to be like that. When I covered the Eagles with Carson Wentz, like that was always a big thing, especially as it got as he got worse and worse, um, and and farther away from like his knee injury. There was a lot of like he would make these backbreaking mistakes because he was trying to win the game on every play and put it on his back. When Mike White, he he just seems to have a really good grasp of it. You're not if that's just not going to be the way you're gonna you're gonna stay on the field. Like his his goal is to be a starting quarterback in the league. And he's not going to be that for very long if he starts forcing the ball down the field or in the tight windows, which is not his strength. And, um, you know, I think the Vikings, for as bad as they are ranked, they do have, like, some talent on that defense. You know, they have Patrick Peterson at corner, Harrison Smith at safety. Um, they have Zedary Smith up front. Like, they have some guys, so it's not like it's going to be that easy. So 
I, I, he's saying all the right things, and he's a guy that you believe that what he's saying is going to enact on when he goes on the field. So, I, I'm this is going to be a very fascinating game because we're really going to like we're all kind of on the edge of our seats a little bit here, trying to see like is Mike White for real? Is he not? What does this mean for the future? Like that's been a big question. The coaches have been avoiding answering. Like, it, can he play into your starting quarterback in the future? Like, I don't see why not. Like, if he's if if he could be a, a, a good to very good quarterback in the NFL, then why not? Um, I know they, they still are trying to motivate Zach and all that stuff, but these next two games are like the timing of this all is pretty wild to me. And if he can if they can come out of these two games one and one or two and zero, oh, and Mike White's a big reason why, then you have to start thinking about the future. I mean, if we've learned anything in the NFL this year, it's that it's really hard to have a good quarterback. I mean, it's like across yes. the league, right? There's there's really not that many. Um, so even, even the good ones aren't that good. Like Aaron Rodgers has been rough. Like some of these guys, yeah. like Mac. Yeah. And this is a franchise that has taken quarterbacks in the top five twice and struck out at least once. And we'll see maybe twice. Well, um, so if you find a quarterback in any way off the scrap heap, whatever, if he's 32, if he's 27, like if he's good and fits your team, Make him the guy because they're not. It's they're not easy to find. You can't just assume like with a top pick it's going to be good, or even maybe that if you you know look at Russell Wilson, maybe even finding somebody in free agency or trading won't be the right fit. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think you know Smith is the best example of just find a guy who could play quarterback well because I don't think yeah. the Seahawks thought he was going to be as good as he is. And I mean, you could look at a guy like Kurt Warner as like a good example of like. The goal, I mean, obviously, this is way too early to talk about Kurt Warner as a Hall of Famer, but he didn't get his career going until he was like 27 or something like that. So um, it, just, it just, the irony of all this is that Adam Gase technically would be, I mean, Joe Douglas was here, but Adam Gase was the coach when they brought in Mike White. So, like, a quarterback from the Adam Gase era might be their guy for all we know. Or, or he goes, Mike White goes out these next two weeks and looks bad, and we're back to Zach Wilson against the Lions, which is possible. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but you know you can't be ruled out, especially with the with the New York Jets. So, all right. Well, I want to get into the the running back drama. We've talked a little bit about the backfield, <laughs> but there was drama this week, and also Kirk Cousins and our picks. But let's take a quick break first. Good chat stuff going on, by the way. I, when we get to the commercial, I get to go through the chat a little yeah, bit, yeah. And, and some good stuff in there for sure. Con- uh, Connor Stein. will not be popping in. I've seen a lot of people asking that, or at least one person was, and Connor well, and is Michael. Actually, it's, yeah, Mike Dunn, 1A, actually said Connor hasn't yeah. popped in yet. Must be on Giants yeah. duty. Yeah, I just exactly. saw his tweet about um, uh, Dable's dinner with OBJ. So, Oh, boy. Interesting. There you go. <laughs> uh, Chris Stiles saying, uh, us Puerto Rican Jets fans here in New York City call Mike White, Mikey Blanco. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Oh, man, that needs to catch on. Too. I like that a lot. Um, I, like people that call, I like people that call him White Mike also. I, th- I find that funny. <laughs> Maybe bring that one up to him. Did, did you know that you are now Mikey Blanco, Mikey Blanco? as well? I might. If um, I see him in the locker room today, I will. We Also, we just do need to point out um, the uh, attire that Mike White wore this week. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the Ty Johnson Terps. shirt. The Ty Johnson shirt. Marissa, like might need to get, Marissa might need one of those. I know. I'm really kind of <laughs> curious where he got one of those. But um, well, really he, like I, I went up to Ty Johnson, and Ty said that he, got that, he gave that to Mike. Um, and I'm like, well, you got to wear a Mike F and White shirt. He's like, there's some things in the works because Ty mm, Ty Johnson's the Ty Johnson. If you guys remember, is the one that came up with the the Mike F and White because he like said it during a press conference or something like that. He's like, yeah, that's Mike. I, I wasn't there. This was last year, um, and I think those two are friends. So you know, maybe that's why Ty Johnson is stepping up now. You know, the, beyond yeah. being from Mar- beyond being from Maryland, of course. Yeah, 
I mean, the creativity <laughs> with the with the name and the shirts is just you know very Maryland. Very <laughs> things are things are coming up. Ty Johnson, yeah. Yes. Yes. He's gonna start competing with Under Armour for the uh, yeah. the the Maryland grad clothing yeah. stuff. Um, all right, so running back drama. We talked about Michael Carter, doubtful first Sunday. Uh, Bam Knight and what he's done, but it's become a tradition here with the Jets, right? Every week somebody has to be unhappy and speak about it. Uh, this only time when they're, only around, when they're winning James, too. Only when they're winning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This time around, it's James Robinson who hasn't been there that long. I, don't, I feel like yeah. you have to be with a team for a certain <laughs> amount of time before you can start oh, complaining about your role. But James Robinson, healthy scratch last week, um, now not happy with the role he has after coming over from Jacksonville. And he wasn't happy with his role at his previous stop either because he had kind of been um, shoved to the back of the running back room there. So, I mean, what's going on here, Zach? Like, is this just... Should we ignore this? Is it something that is a legitimate, you know, is he going to keep up with this? Is he going to be more active? Is he going to play this week? I assume I mean, he's going to play look, this week. Without I mean, if you, if you look at how these things have gone, like a couple weeks after they complain, they wind up having a big game. So um, Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't I just, I just like laughed when I saw, because Rich Cimini is the one that uh, talked to him. Um, and I saw Rich talking to him. I'm like, he's not going to complain, is he? Like, I literally thought that in my head. And, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, to a point, like you get that he's frustrated at like, I shouldn't say this on the media, like they, they shouldn't be taking this complaint public, <laughs> like, especially when you're winning, like, it's just not a good look. Um, like one of his, one of the quotes is that I, he was like, I, I didn't come here to, to not play. Well, you were, tra- you were traded here. So it's not like you chose to come here either. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, it's not gonna. It's not gonna ruffle. I don't think it's gonna. This is not gonna be like an Elijah Moore type thing. I, we we talked to the running backs coach Taylor Embry yesterday. He said he talked to him and he 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 keeps making the point that this is always gonna be a running back committee. It's gonna be different every week. You don't know when you're in, we're gonna need you. Um, and he and he and he did a coach line of we're happy that he's not happy with this role. Otherwise, you know that we like we want guys who want the ball is like the message always. So right, that's fine. The reality is Jim Robbins wasn't running the ball well. Bam Knight clearly was looking good in practice and he played better than James Robinson has all year for either team. So um, Robinson will have a role this week. I, I don't know how many touches he'll get. It kind of depends on the, the game flow. He is more of a like strong short yardage guy than Ty Johnson or uh, Bam Knight are. So there, there are some touches to be had for him, but yeah, this was, it was just one of those things where I shook my head. I'm like, do any other winning teams deal with this? Like, I, I, I don't know. I've, I covered the Giants and Eagles, who both have their own level of dysfunction, and I never really remember this kind of stuff happening over and over again. Well, one thing is these things don't happen in small, in my opinion, in smaller markets because there's not enough media just hovering around to, yeah. to hear it to like um, even ask do- the questions. Yeah, right, exactly. But you get, I think, you get it a little more in in New York and Philadelphia and Chicago and, and places like that. Um, all right, let's move on to, we talked a lot about the Vikings defense and how it's not really that good, but the offense can be very good, obviously. Um, let's start at quarterback before we go on to the wide receiver position, but Kirk Cousins, uh, this is a game that's interesting, I think for the Jets, well, not the current Jets players, but Jets fans and the organization because Kirk Cousins basically used the Jets (laughs) when he was a free agent and then talked about it afterwards, which was the, the interesting yeah. part of about it. But he was a free agent. Obviously, the Jets were all in on him, trying to bring him over to New York. Um, 
reportedly offered him up to their offer to him, I think, to three years and 90 million. Yeah, uh, fully guaranteed. guaranteed too. Yeah. Right. Guaranteed fully. They were they wanted Kirk Cousins um, by doing that. The Vikings ended up upping their offer from 75 million to 84 million. And that was enough for Cousins to go to the team he wanted to go to anyway for a little more money. So he turned down the Jets, who offered more money, basically used the Jets to get more money out of the Vikings. And then he had a little document. He documented it basically in a documentary where he he threw it out there for everyone to to know about. So (laughs) I'm sure none of the current Jets players really care about that at all. Um, But it's still fun to talk about, right? It's fun yeah. for us. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, there's it, like Joe Douglas wasn't even here yet for that. Like that was Mike McCagnan still. It was funny. I pulled up like an old article, and it was like the Jets uh, did the right thing by, you know, sticking with Sam Darnold instead of going <laughs> Kirk Cousins, which you know, in, in at the time was the right decision. The Jets weren't ready to right. be good. Clearly, um, Darnold wound up being worse than everybody expected. Obviously, it's but, kind of a classic McCagnan move, right? trying to bring in a yeah. quarterback like, on go, a big contract yeah. when you don't have the roster around him. Well, trying to bring anybody on a big contract where you don't have, like, any move he made was the wrong one. <laughs> uh, but it, it, the, the irony is I feel like Kirk Cousins would have been, like, perfect for this current iteration of the team, you know? Like, who knows if he would have lasted here that long and if things would have played out the way they did, obviously things might have been different. But if they have Kirk Cousins at quarterback, you're talking about this team as, like, if not a Super Bowl contender, like an AFC contender at the very least. Like, that's... That's like the degree, like he's for all Kirk Cousins, all the stuff about him not winning in prime time or when it counts, like he, he is a good quarterback, especially in a league where there's less and less good quarterbacks, it seems every year. Like if, if you have Kirk Cousins with this roster around it, they're, they're like a, a legit threat. So they're a threat without him. And I think they could beat him and their offensive line is kind of in shambles and they might not have Christian Darasaw this week, their left tackle. So I think the defensive line is going to feast, uh, and they kind of need to because you need to do your best and not let Kirk Cousins get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, he's 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 a guy that you kind of just like accept is going to get his and you hope that you can just prevent it from like killing you too much and you stop the other stuff. Try and stop Dalvin Cook. Like they need to, they need to prevent the running game from getting going and they need to get pressure on Kirk if they want a shot in this because the Vikings offense is good. Like you can talk about the defense all you want, but their offense is explosive. They have the best receiver in the world. Uh, Adam Thielen's pretty good. TJ Hawkins is a good tight end. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, like those are weapons and a solid quarterback. So they need to be on their P's and Q's. Their tackling needs to be a lot better. Uh, but yeah, it's ultimately going to come down to how much pressure they get on Kirk, I think. And Christian Darasaw left tackle for the Vikings, mispractice on Thursday. So that's something to monitor because that'll be a big deal, obviously, as far as getting pressure on him if, if they're back to their backup left tackle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and just as the Jets are getting healthier on the D-line too, like the, the way their D-line is played, you you think they're looking at this as a really good opportunity. I think I saw some of their interior offensive line is like one of the worst in terms of allowing pressure in the league. So you think this might be a big Quinn and Williams game. But yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, what, what they do up front is going to help a lot of the back end. I, a lot's being made of like Justin Jefferson versus Sauce. I don't know if Sauce is actually going to be wind up covering him that much because... Uh, they're on different sides. Like they line up on different sides most of the time. They move Justin Jefferson around. He'll go out of the slot a lot. So I'll see. I'm curious to see if the Jets stick with there. We don't. Our cornerbacks don't travel because as good as Michael Carter has been in the slot, I don't know if you want him covering Justin Jefferson over maybe like a DJ Reed. You trust more to follow him, kind of thing. So I'm curious to see how they handle that. Uh, how much help they give with safeties. Um, like I said, there's not much you can do against Justin Jefferson, as you saw with that catch he made against the Bills. Like it doesn't matter. 
where the ball is, who's covering him, anything. Like he's gonna contort his body in a way that it's pretty wild to see. He's uh, I'm excited to watch him live. It's gonna be fun. Especially Basically, he took crowd. the OBJ, the famous OBJ catch, yeah, and took it up a level, which is yes. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, made it better. I, exactly. I was going to bring up that game, though, because you mentioned Cousins, you know, and has kind of got this reputation now for not coming up in the big games. And and sure, in the playoffs, that's true. But yeah. that game showed me something because um, that was a big one. Obviously, those two teams at that point felt like Super Bowl contenders. And it was that crazy finish. But Cousins, I mean, he let him down the field for, for that score. And they end up winning that game uh, in overtime. Granted, Josh Allen didn't play well, but but Cousins played well in that game against a, a premier defense and Super Bowl contender. So at least in the regular season, I think he showed something. And the fact that they've won all these close games, right? Like you don't win all these close games without a quarterback coming totally, through yeah. in some key moments. I mean, look at his, his numbers. He has almost 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, nine picks. He's turned the ball over a lot, uh, yeah. which is something that you hope that the Jets capitalize on that. But he, I mean, he's, he's a quarterback that can beat you. And there's... A, Maybe half the league has quarterbacks like that these days, it seems like. Like the rest are just like the talent around them gets them going. Uh, he, he's a quarterback that can beat you. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be very curious to see how, how they how they handle him and, and how Sauce handles this environment because it's going to be loud in there. They haven't, they haven't played in that kind of environment yet. It's a big game. Um, as a lot of people pointed out this week, all the rookies, like their season normally would have either ended by now or they'd be preparing for their bowl game. So yeah. like, this is like in theory where a lot of times guys would hit the rookie wall, the proverbial rookie wall. And so the rookie classes carry this team. Like we've talked about that, you know, a lot. Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Michael Clemens, Jermaine Johnson, Max Mitchell's back. Although he missed a lot of times, it's a little different. But it's going to be interesting to see how the rookies handle this this stretch run because they have a lot of season left. And the rookies, you know, this is more than they've ever played in a season in their lives. So, Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, before we get to picks, you have a story out today on The Athletic. Uh, you can join The Athletic right now for the the Black Friday deal is over. But another great deal for $2 a month for 12 months, uh, you go to theathletic.com slash can't wait to get that deal um, in time for the holidays if you want to gift it for somebody as well. Um, but you have a story today. Basically, the Jets rode to the playoffs. What do they need to do to really make sure that they're going to be playing in the playoffs? Um Number one is split with the Vikings and Bills. Um, and Austin Mock from The Athletic has some numbers on that, basically. Um, if they split, it's kind of middle, depending on who the win is against, right? Yeah. Obviously, splitting but beating the Bills is better than splitting and beating the Vikings. But on the, the wide ends of this, if they win both, according to Austin, 92.9% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose both, and this kind of surprised me a little bit, they're still at forty two point four percent, which and they'd be seven you know and they'd be seven and yeah. six, but they'd have a couple very winnable games coming up. But that that percentage surprised me. But that's number one split with the Vikings and Bills. Uh, number two, which could certainly use number one in order to get to, yeah. is win, win ten games. Um, and you have the numbers from last year, right? Where if you win nine games, you got a chance. But last year more teams missed with nine wins than made it. Yeah, and especially because of who the Jets are competing with. Um, they don't have the tiebreaker on the Patriots, who look pretty bad and probably won't be in the mix, honestly. Um, they don't have it with the Bengals. The Bills would depend on what happens with this next game. Um, 
And, I mean, I guess the, the Ravens, they wouldn't. If the Ravens fell behind the Bengals, they lost to the Ravens in week one. Like, the head-to-head stuff. That's where, like, those early season games a lot of times, like, you you move on from them pretty quickly, but they wind up coming back to bite you if you lose them. Um so yeah, they, they don't have the tiebreaker. They have the Chargers. It would depend on the conference record, I believe, if they tie with the Chargers. And then you know if the Del- Dolphins fell down, it'll come down to the last game. Um, the Chiefs are pretty safely number one. The Bills, if they lost a bunch, I mean you would have the tiebreaker on the Bills since they in theory beat them. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I think ten wins gets you in. I I, I think that your the AFC is pretty like locked in. And, like it's only going to be seven of these like nine teams, and the Patriots are fading. Uh, I mean, they could certainly get back pretty quickly because of their tiebreakers on the Jets if they just came back. I don't know what their schedule coming up is. I think they have a couple easy games coming up. I think they play at the Cardinals next week or something like that. Um, so, yeah, the Jets need to win the winnable games. You know, I, te- getting the 10 wins when you already have seven and there's six to go should not be that hard. Like You should be able to beat the, you know, whether it's the Lion and Jaguars or, you know, two other games and one of these two. I think you're safely in. And then if you get more than that, you can start dreaming about the AFC East. Like I, that is within reach, especially if you beat the Bills. Because uh, they've already beaten the Dolphins, like I said. So that, like, if they beat the Bills and lose to the Vikings, let's say, and then they beat the Lions and they beat the Jaguars, uh, you know, maybe they beat the Seahawks. I don't know. Then I, that, we might have a scenario where you go into the last game and the winner wins the division kind of thing. And, wow, imagine you that. Know, I, I know that's, you're, that's a few steps ahead. And that's why I focus on this on, like, just making the playoffs because – they're focused right now. I mean, they're week to week, but make the playoffs. You don't worry about that other stuff. And then if you get to the end of the season, you know you're in the playoffs and division is when you're within your grasp. Like the idea that of the Jets winning the AFC East, like and nobody would have predicted that over the last like decades. So um, it's possible at the very least. Like the, the, there's a path there to, to getting there. That's why I think going to one and one is key too, because if you lose both, then you, you know, you got to beat the Lions, beat the Jaguars, probably beat the Seahawks going into that Dolphins game yeah. and go three and one in those final four to get to the the 10 wins. Um, and you're, it's going to be tough the whole, it's going to be like pressure the whole way. But if exactly. you go one and one, it leaves room for a slip up there. And to have that situation where maybe you do clinch in week 16 and, you know, to go from there. So uh, we look how we're talking. Page. Look at look at how we're talking right now. We're talking about clinching early, you know, AFC East. This is unprecedented <laughs> territory for the Can't Wait podcast. That <laughs> that is for sure. Again, no Dane Brugler yet on this podcast. <laughs> um, as for the Patriots schedule, you mentioned it. Uh, they do have the Cardinals uh, Monday night. That's an interesting Monday night game. Patriots at Cardinals. Uh, then they have the Raiders, who I still can't figure out. Uh, then they host the Bengals host the Dolphins, and then at the Bills. That's a tough three-game finish for the Patriots. It, that feels like 0-3, maybe 1-2, and two, but the way they're playing right now. Um, so I'm not too worried about New England in this grouping of teams, but there certainly are teams to worry about. All right, um, the rest of these, keep Mike White as the starter. I think most people will agree with you on that. Um, stop complaining, and we talked about <laughs> James Robinson this week. Uh, more Bam is number five on your list. Um, keep featuring Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore at wide receiver. Obviously, that the big play capability there. Consistency on the O-line probably means health on the O-line, and they're getting there. And then the last one, which we talked a little bit about, is, is fixed tackling problems. That's something I'm interesting to see, interested to see this week against this Vikings team and this offense is the tackling. Like, can they take a step forward as far as that goes? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the linebackers have been – maybe even better than I expected this year overall. Um, but I, 
yeah, they, they can't keep having those missed tackles. That it, it seems to kill them in the worst moment, especially in those like Patriots games and their losses. It's the safeties and the linebackers. They need to they need to bring guys down. Um, I think the last two weeks they've had like their two worst tackling grades of the year on PFF. Like they that is one area like for as good as the defense is. Like the thing is, you know, we're looking for, for perfection almost at this point with this defense. Like they've been as good as you can expect. But you know, if you want to beat the Vikings, you can't let Dalvin Cook run all over you. That's just the reality. All right, let's get into the picks and welcome in our guest picker this week. It is Joe Salvato. Hey, Joe. Thanks for coming on, man. Love the hat. And I think Joe, you're, you're muted. muted. There you go. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. All set. Hi, good friend, Zach. How are you? <laughs> I've, I've known Joe since uh, since like my sophomore year of high school, probably. <laughs> it's been a long time. Long time. All right, Joe. So we talked to you a little bit before we get started. So you need to do this for me. You need to stand up and turn around yeah. for the fans that are that are watching on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Joe is sporting the Tebow jersey for this. If you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, winter hat and the Tebow jersey. Um, you mentioned that you moved away from Jets fans, you know, at one point in high school, but you were a Jet fan long before that. One thing we always ask the people that come on is, is where did your Jets fandom come from? Uh, well, my dad decided to watch Super Bowl three and said, hey, it's going to like this forever. And uh, <laughs> so I was a Jets fan basically out of the womb. Uh, my dad took me to a bunch of games when we were living up there. Um, but no, it, it certainly has not been like Super Bowl three at all. <laughs> it's been a lot yeah, of the opposite. To say. <laughs> On Sundays, and um, you know, our dog would have to hide underneath the uh, the kitchen table because of how scared she was from all the jets yelling. But in awesome. my in my intro in my intro story, I uh, I like included a line about like one of my good friends is a Jets fan, and all I know is he's always sad. Or yeah. something. I had a line like that. I was talking about Joe. That's who. That's what I was talking about. That's my feature. <laughs> now, Joe, you do have one um, thing going for you here, and that is you've been at both Mike White star performances right yes, I have. yeah yes i have a token from the first one i was hanging this up in an office when i worked in an office so <laughs> what, so some what, might call you the good luck charm i yeah. know maybe the jet should give me season tickets whenever uh, uh mike yeah home, so yeah or you should be with johnny at least having some ice cream or something you know yeah well mm. he's been eating a lot of ice cream and i I, <laughs> I assume you will not be in minnesota on, on sunday though right well, it's gonna be cool. It's going to be 17 <laughs> degrees tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but their stadium is really, really nice. Yeah, it is. Well, and they're really downtown. Awesome. If people haven't been to Minneapolis, it's a, I feel like it's a little underrated. I've only been, now granted, I've only been there in the summer. So yeah. there's that. But I, I was there for the MLB All-Star game uh, years ago. And it, I thought it was a fun city, fun downtown area. But the thing about the winter in Minneapolis is like all those buildings downtown are connected. You basically don't have to go outdoors. Um, yeah, because the, the, the downtown right, area. Yeah. yeah, they have all these little yeah. like above the road tunnels connecting everything. They they know what the weather is. Um, but and the stadium is cool now after being yeah, awful. It's very nice. Time. Yeah. All right. Uh, time to get into the picks. Um, Marissa, throw up those standings. If you're listening on the audio version, uh, it's still not looking great for the host of this show. Uh, Kaylin last week stepped in and did what the listeners have been doing all season, and that is. Uh, she goes two and one. Another good performance. Eagles came through for her, and she picked the Jets, and they came for came through for her. The Titans lost. 
Um, the rest of us one and two last week. So Zach still above 500 at 17 and 16. You're a game behind the listeners. I'm 14 and 19. Marissa 12 and 21. And I think Marissa, there's talk of you relinquishing your picks to somebody else at this point, right? Yeah, I know. My my little nephew is really getting into sports. He's he's in kindergarten, um, and his grandma's teaching him all about the spread, and he's like very into it. So, you know, exactly what you need to teach a kindergartner. So honestly, I might just let him make my picks the rest of the year because it can't be worse than what I've been doing. I had, you know, the title last year, and then it just... Yeah, it's not it's not been, it's been a tough go. An egg this year. Just keep yeah, reminding everyone good. that you have won this competition before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have won before, but I yeah. literally like every week only get one pick right. So I don't know what's <laughs> going on here, but um, only can go up, right? Yeah, you can only that's go what, up from here. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the picks. Joe, you are uh, representing the leaders, so you get to go first. Great. All right, first one. I'm picking Baltimore. They're getting they're it's eight and a half. It's a big spread, but the Broncos are just awful, and they're not going to be able to do a, a darn thing against that team. Second pick, I'm picking the Dolphins, uh, picking them over the 49ers. Um, I hate the Dolphins, but they're pretty good this year. I think Tua is going to have a big day. And last but not least, is I'm picking the Jets. I will never, ever pick against Mike White. That will never happen. He is a Dolphin. <laughs> All right, so you get Dolphins, who I think are plus four mm-hmm. at San Francisco, which is an interesting line. Uh, that, that's yeah. definitely a juicy line. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Jets plus three uh, at Minnesota. All right, Zach, you're up. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that Dolphins line also. I like that one. I think that's that's gonna be a really that might be the game of the week. Honestly, 49ers Dolphins. That's gonna be a fun one. Um, it's worrying me that I'm going the other way on that game, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so like based on your history, yeah. Zach like and Joe yeah. are like, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna go Chargers plus one against the Raiders. The Ra- I know the Raiders have won a couple of games, but they're bad, I think, still, and the Chargers aren't as bad. Um, and I will go with, let's say the Chiefs minus two against the Bengals. I think they want some revenge on the on the Bengals after what happened last year, so I'll go with that one. All right, I'm not going to pick up much ground on Zach this week because we got similar picks. Um, I'm actually going with three road teams, uh, two of them favorites, one dog. Uh, the underdog, the Chargers, plus one. Um, I'll take that one too. Um, and the Chiefs. Um, that's a good game, Chiefs-Bengals, but I just think minus two is is too, is is nice for the Chiefs. Like that, that feels like even if it's a close game, Patrick Mahomes gets a field goal at the end to win it, um, and the Chiefs cover there by at least three. Um, and then my third one, Marissa, I'm going with the Browns. Um, this is a uh, – well, it's a gamble, but obviously it's a gamble with Deshaun Watson. We we don't know what we're going to see, um, but we do know that Houston's terrible. Um, so Browns minus seven at Houston, the first game of the Cleveland Browns-Deshaun Watson era. I will go with Cleveland. All right, well – I, like I said, I'm a little nervous that I'm going the other way on 49ers. The 49ers have been playing really good. They are very good. That, that's a big trip out west for the Dolphins. Yep. So I'm going to rely on that. So I'm going to go 49ers minus four. Um, the Rams, the poor Rams are just so they beaten suck. up. I think Aaron Donald's now out this year. So I know Seahawks, you know, on the road, but Seahawks minus seven. I'm, 
I just I, I I don't think the Rams have have any sort of power on either side of the ball. The thing about the Rams now, right, is they're basically down their best three players if Donald doesn't play. Yeah. Like no quarterback, no Donald, no yeah. co- no Cooper no Cup. No Cooper Cup. Um, yeah. And you just line is on like the 12th, you know, like different lineup. Like, right. Plus you just won the Super Bowl, right? So it's like there's not even that like drive cuz I feel like there's yeah. just that well we yeah. We won the Super yeah. Bowl. Let's you got just... players running into your head coach on the sideline. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Sean McVay. That looked painful. Um, yeah, that looked really painful. Um, obviously, it was an accident. <laughs> but, yeah, so Seahawks minus seven. And then this game, I think, is going to be really good. But I have, you know, hit on, hit on this team a few times this year, and I have not hit on many, so I'm going to go. Eagles minus four and a half versus the Titans. I do think it's going to be a good game, and I yeah. might be regretting this one. Um, but I just think the Eagles, you know, they're getting Jordan Davis back probably on defense, hopefully to help that uh, that Titans run game. So, yeah, Eagles minus four and a half is my third one. I almost took the Titans in that one, but then I just stayed mm. away. That one just seems scary. But but you have I the. I know it, do, it does seem scary, but like I will be watching <laughs> that one closely, obviously with the Eagles podcast. So I just figured, hey, why not? <laughs> At this yeah. point, yeah. I went with my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, good stuff. Um, we will see how it pans out, Joe. I'm sure you're at least going to go two and one because that's just the way yeah. it's been going all season yeah. long. But thanks. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks, thanks so. for being Zach's friend. Yes, of course. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. you have any embarrassing stories of Zach before you go? Of Zach? Um, he likes to go into the fetal position sometimes when um, he's had a few too many. Um, <laughs> that seems like a good place to end the show. Um, as I said, you can join The Athletic for $2 a month for 12 months. That's a full year. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait to get that deal. Um, and we will talk to everybody on Monday. I think I'm going to be at the winter meetings enjoying sunny San oh, Diego. Nice. Um, but Jealous. I think we should be around the same time Monday morning, hopefully coming off a Jets win in Minnesota. Talk to everybody then. Peace.